Hello and welcome back to Big Lizard's League. Welcome to the second episode of the interviewing process. We're going to interview a few guys on here, a few pages, maybe even a few players getting that all set up during the off-season for you guys, so you don't have to worry about that. I've got that all covered, but the second guest is the Rugby League guru himself. Now, I know I've had him on a few times, but I haven't actually talked to him about how he started the podcast and stuff like that. So I thought it'd be pretty interesting to get the guru on himself, talk a bit about that stuff. And I think that'd be really interesting for you guys. So make sure you sit back, relax and enjoy episode two of the interviews with the Rugby League Guru. Guru, how are you? I'm good, Leslie. Thanks for having me on, mate. It's been a while. It has been a while. It has. Um, I've done a lot of rebranding too while you've been away. I've I've been <laughs> head down with the podcast, done a lot of rebranding. It's probably changed since the last time that you've hopped on. So look, I'm very excited to have you on. Very excited to talk about the Rugby League Guru and you sort of rise to stardom, I would say, because there's been a, a lot going on for the Guru at the moment over the past two or so years. He's really you know, shot into the spotlight. What have you enjoyed most about this big journey? Because it is, it's been massive. It's been, uh, obviously, there's a lot of achievements. What's been your favorite part so far? Uh, probably, mate, just being able to do this full-time now. You know, it's my passion. It always, well, I shouldn't say it always has been. It has been for a very long time. Uh, and then sort of when I got into social media and stuff, I remember I had a mate that sort of said to me, oh, you were doing this full-time in three years' time. And um, I laughed at him and just said, that's fucking ridiculous. Couldn't possibly be doing that. And, uh, he was wrong. I was doing it full time in two years. So it was crazy. Yeah. Well, it's a massive achievement, a massive achievement and a massive growth in the page as well over the past two years. I know when, uh, you were helping out coaching me and the boys at the Wombats, it, it you know, it was sort of in those stages of about to grow and about to blow up. And then all of a sudden it just became this massive thing. The rugby league guru podcast, everyone was talking about it who loved rugby league. Before I get started, before I talk about the Rugby League Guru, obviously the season's just finished now. We've obviously just had the grand final. What are your thoughts on this? Just a quick summary of the season, uh, your thoughts and your takes on the season. Yeah, I thought it was a cracker, mate. Obviously, um, the Penrith Panthers going back to back, incredible stuff. Uh, I think that there's a lot of people out there that are a little bit anti-Penrith or don't enjoy how successful they are. Personally, mate, like I... I love watching, you know, the greatest teams put together dynasties and back-to-backs and, you know, like uh, over in the NFL, like uh, I'm not a Patriots fan, but like I had so much time for what Tom Brady was doing over there with them and now doing it with the Buccaneers and what Kansas uh, are doing at the moment. Like I just love watching dominant teams dominate. And, you know, that's been the beauty of the NRL for a long time that it's been up and down so much. And I think that, I think over the last 20 years, there's what only two teams that haven't won a comp, which is just... Um, or three teams, something like that. It's unbelievable to have that many different premiers over that. That, that realistically, a short span of time is crazy. And uh, that's great, but I really do love watching teams and players start to build a big legacy. So for me, Penrith Panthers, definitely the highlight. I enjoyed every minute of watching what, what, what they achieved and how they managed to go back to back. And uh, as you said, you're going to start to um, interview players and it's it's crazy when you talk to them about after they win comps, how hard it is to win the year after. 
And my, it, you, you hear it in their voices, how disappointed they are and how much effort they put into it that year after and just how hard it is to climb that mountain again. So to see Penrith do that, incredible. Obviously, the Cowboys and the Sharks. Fuck, how good was it to watch those two teams this year? I, I thought the Cowboys would do well to finish 15th this year. They were incredible. So I really enjoyed those sides. It was, it was one of those years where your Melbourne, your South Sydney, your Roosters, not struggled, but weren't in that real top tier uh, for, for an extended period. So I think that made it a little bit more entertaining to see s- s- some other sides jump up there. And then, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm not the biggest Parramatta Eels fan in the world, as I, as I think everyone knows, but just to watch their, their ride and to see them finally take that next step of, you know, w- winning a big prelim final and getting into a grand final, I thought that was unreal. And we had the live show out there on grand final day and just seeing the passion in the Parramatta fans. Um yeah, it, it, it was it was like nothing I've seen since 2009 when I was there on Grand Final Day. So plenty of highlights to talk about this year, mate. Uh, it, it was an absolute cracker. Yeah, totally. And and Penrith to win all four comps as well, like that's just unheard of, unheard of. Not only to go back to back, but to do it in in that sort of fashion as well, like through all of your comps. And, and you talk about how they're going to be a dominant side for years to come. They've got guys coming through in SG ball, jersey flag. Like it's it's gonna be a very dominant period for Penrith, especially over the next few years. And we could see honestly over the next five to ten just a really dominant Penrith side. In saying that though, like I was talking to mates and I know you and Denon have said it a few times. I think it's the closest the comp's ever been. You were talking about before about obviously South the Roosters not going extremely well and that gave a giving chance for teams like even St. George. I thought St. George, they had their periods as well. They started to gain some dominance. Yeah, it just gave those teams a chance to really bounce up into the into the eight. And the Cowboys as well, what they've done this season, massive. So definitely a bunch of highlights for this season. Uh, but let's talk about you, Gurino. Let's talk about you. Let's get the chat started about... The Super Coach Guru, which started in 2018, give us a rundown of that. Yeah, mate, I was uh, I was full time teaching at the time, uh, and uh, started this Super Coach page just out of nowhere, really. I um, yeah, I actually started it to try and g up a mate that's in my draft competition, trying to get him to ask questions, and then just springing on him on draft night that are. Uh, you know, you've been talking to me this whole time, you know, and all the other blokes, well, a few of the other blokes were um, in on it and whatnot. And I got him, uh, I got to the night before and then got absolutely wasted and got shit canned. And I, I ruined the whole fucking surprise, unfortunately. So only, I, 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 I fell one day short on that, but I sort of, I did that for about a month or so, just gene up a mate and like genuinely answering other people's questions and whatnot. And I think it got like, I don't know, maybe 300, 400 followers in, in the first month or so. And, um, back then there really wasn't too many Instagram pages. Like I, I don't like, I, but b- before I was like into social media, like just on my personal, I was still a rugby league nut. Like I, I didn't remember, you know, your Clarkies, your roast, you know, bloke in a bar. I, I had no recollection of any of these existing and maybe I just wasn't really in the space. I, I'm not sure, but I remember like when I started doing the Supercoach stuff, there really wasn't any other Supercoach pages there. So my timing was pretty lucky there. And as I said, I've got a mate who's got a, you know, a multi-million dollar business that's built off social media. And he, he was sort of, you know, at about 300 followers, he sort of said, you know, you'll, you'll have 20,000 in, in a year. And I sort of went, there's no, not a hope in hell that can happen. I think I was at 15,000 uh, within a year. And then he was the same one that said, you'll be doing this full time in three years. I was doing it full time in like two years after he said it, like, 
it, it was just a crazy ride. And those, you know, the, I'm, I'm sure, mate, you're probably uh, going through it at the same time. You're sort of like when, when you get that 500th follower, that 600th, whatever it might be, it like it 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 gives you like some sort of a special feeling that you've sort of earned that. It's like it, it, it's and, and I hate looking at things like that, and I, I don't really anymore. But I do remember in the early parts, um, you know, like I remember where I was when I got you know follower one thousand. I remember where I was sitting, what happened. Uh, I remember the first like NRL player that sent me a D. Yeah, all this sort of stuff that just like meant the world back then. And I'm sure, you know, you're, you're, you're probably at, at a very similar point at the moment, whereas in a few years time, you'll look back and, you know, that they'll be distant memories um, as, as they are for me now. But yeah, I started the Supercoach page and it was, um, yeah, it, it was a bit weird because it, it just came out of nowhere. There was no real planning behind it or anything. It was just me talking about whatever the hell was in front of me or whatever the hell was going on. Um, sort of didn't have anyone to sort of base it off as well. So you sort of, trying to come up with content ideas and, and all this sort of shit shit on your own. And like some of the stuff that I, I look back on that I made, I'm just like, what on earth is that? You know, like some of the designs and everything I look back and just go, fuck, how did you possibly put that out? You know, whereas now I look at them and I'm like, I would have never, ever done that now. So, and you know, that's all part of the growth and and the journey and all that. But uh, yeah, it started off as a, a super coach page and got to, probably eight or 9,000 pretty quickly, which at the time was just unbelievable. Uh, and then, yeah, eventually decided that if I was going to expand it any bigger, which thank God I did. Um, yeah. Made a good call to change it from super coach guru to uh, rugby league guru, obviously. Yeah. So obviously 2019 rolled around and you rebranded to the rugby league guru. Um, talk to me about maybe some struggles or tips that you would give to other people trying to start a podcast. It's obviously, We've both been through that now and um, there's a, definitely a lot of struggles and a lot of uh, bumps in the road that we've sort of had to go past, but uh, I, I guarantee you've been through a little bit more than I have. Can you just give the fans some tips uh, of, and some struggles that you've sort of gone through when sort of um, creating the podcast and tips for them to get through those struggles? Yeah, I, I think the number one thing that I see all the time is people trying to be like other pages. Um, like I, I quite often look at pages and you can, you can quite often, you know, categorize them into, you know, who, who obviously their, their favorite is like, I, I see all these pages popping up all the time that are just doing news and they're just copying exactly what, you know, Clarkie's doing, for example. And it's that exact same thing over and over again. And then you get, um, some of the humor ones, humor is a bit harder, but they're all trying to be like, um, NRL roast, for example. Um, and humor is a lot harder because if, if you don't hit it. It just flops unbelievably. Roasty's an absolute genius. He hits it every single time. See a lot of pages like that. I see some that are trying to be like um, the Tudor Advocate, you know, that, that that sort of approach. And once again, very hard to do unless you're going to nail it. Um, a lot of pages that I I look at and I sort of think, oh, you know, that that that's very similar to you know mine and and bloke and stuff. You know, like I just think. There's too many pages trying to fall into line with what others are doing or have already done, whereas they should be trying to come up with their own unique way of doing things. Uh, I know that you had uh, NRL Don on a while ago, and I remember I, I sat down with him about six months ago and had the exact same chat with him, and he started coming out with all these unreal TikToks. They were great, and I, I thought they were sensational. No one else was doing stuff like that, and then I started to watch him slowly like just start to become like the other pages, and we sort of sat down. I just said, fuck you, you got to do what's unique to you because that content is unreal. And we've had a few conversations like, like, like that over the last few months. And I think like 
what, what he's doing. He's working for a betting agency now. He like he's doing really well for himself because he's doing unique content. He's not just following uh, in the footsteps of what other guys have uh, have done. Like I see so many pages doing. So that that'd be my my biggest tip is try and be unique and don't be afraid to make mistakes. Like I've 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 spoken to Don and you know he he'll he'll put out some some reels that will get you know fuck all viewership and when you put so much effort into something and then it gets nothing in return, you sort of get this this sick sort of feeling like fuck what you know that that that, that didn't work I should have done this I'm embarrassed people you know blah blah blah. At the end of the day, no one gives a fuck. No one cares. No one's keeping track of that sort of stuff. And I think that's what too many pages fall into the trap of. And I do it all the time. I I put out content that I look back a day later and go the fuck were you talking about there what on earth is that but you just move on and you just put the next thing out and you bury it and you go to the next thing um so yeah that that that'd be my, my sort of advice mate be unique and don't be afraid to make mistakes trying out new bits of content because there'll, there'll always be a follower there will there will always be another page that tries to give you shit about whatever you're doing just because you're doing something a little bit differently um and just don't be afraid to make mistakes like that because that's where you find the absolute gold mm. Well, you were talking about obviously teaching before. Was it sort of hard to stay consistent, obviously working and doing teaching during the day and obviously coming back and, and doing the podcast, I'd assume during the afternoon or in mornings and stuff like that. Was it hard to sort of stay consistent during the early period when you were still teaching full time? Yeah, it was. It was, it was tough. It was very um, long hours. Like I'd be doing like, you know, probably including a, you know, a full day at school, um, probably up to... 13, 14 hours a day. So it was, it was pretty full on. Um, and I'd spend, you know, uh, lunch times, teachers would go down to the coffee shop and whatever. I'd go sit in my car and make content uh, every day. And I, I don't know, for, for, for people that have never taught, I, I reckon it's one of the most exhausting fucking things you can ever do. I'm so glad that I'm out of it because it was just brutal. And then to not have any breaks or anything on top of that. Um, yeah, it, it, it was pretty rough and, and to come home and do another, you know, essentially an entire work day and it might be something that, that you absolutely love, but it takes a lot of work and it takes a long time until you start to really get some traction on it. It took me a long time till I made my first dollar off the back of it. Um, but when you finally do start to make that, uh, that sort of imprint, get a bit of, uh, momentum, it, it just, it means so much more to you. It means the absolute world to you. So uh, it was hard to balance, mate, but I, I had a real passion about it and I was driven as fuck to make sure that I was going to get it. Yeah, well, totally. Well, you, you were teaching my brother too, so that would have been a bit draining uh, for most of the day as nightmare. well. Nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Well, uh, he was in the room. Uh, he was in the room uh, next door, thankfully, but we had uh, we had glass walls. So I, I, I saw... I saw enough of him, mate, to know how much of a pain in the ass he was. And then when I met you, I couldn't believe that you two were um, related to each other. It was crazy. Well, if you can believe believe it, I pretty much hear that every single day from every single teacher that he has. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can definitely believe it. Uh, he's a tall get- bit of gear now, just quietly. I saw him yeah. the other day from a distance. Yeah, he's gotten big. He, he's nearly up to me, which is scary, but uh, we won't talk <laughs> about that. Um, look, so obviously, uh, the Rugby League Guru podcast, you come out with the podcast uh, February 2020, and that's massive as well because podcasts were sort of becoming the big thing. Everyone was starting to sort of get into that realm. What inspired you to go down the route of podcasting? Was it just sort of to help grow the page or uh, was it just seeing this new avenue of content creation and just diving straight into it? 
Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I look back. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. It was February 2020. I started the podcast. I remember in December, I was talking to a mate about uh, this show that I was watching that was on, um, it was about uh, American sports. It's still going. It's uh, called The Herd. And it's run by a uh, American guy named Colin Cowherd, and he just talks all American sport. Re- re- really good show if you're interested in your American sports. And I remember what he used to do is he used to have his podcast, and then it'd be on YouTube. But then he'd also just take, you know, similar to what I do, what you do, what what everyone does now. He, he'd put out little like five minute clips of his content on Facebook. And I remember when I used to drive to work, so it'd be about a 15 minute drive or whatever. I'd go to his Facebook page every day, and I'd have the three videos just playing through as I was driving, right? And I remember um, I was showing a mate and he said, oh, do you listen to the podcast? And and this was three months before I started my own. And I legitimately said to him, what's a podcast? I had no idea what it was. I'd never heard of them, had no idea. And he said, you know, you can listen to this whole fucking two-hour show instead of listening to three five-minute segments. You can listen to the whole thing. And he showed me the app that was already on my phone, obviously. Never seen it, never heard of it, nothing. So it was crazy that then as soon as I found them, I just became obsessed with them. I thought this is the best thing ever podcasting. This is unreal. I'd love to get into this. Just didn't have time because I was um, teaching and everything. And then made the decision at the end of 2019 that I was I was going to go back to teaching, but only part-time. And I was going to go and buy all the podcast gear and have a real crack at it because I saw that as my avenue to be able to get um, revenue off the back of the podcast, off the back of um rugby league guru and i remember i went to a course that was like podcasting 101 it cost me about a thousand dollars and i didn't have much money then and i remember thinking like fuck this is a lot of money could i just find this out on youtube could i just google all this sort of stuff and in hindsight i probably could have but going to that course was the best thing i've ever done it was unreal i just sat there with um have you had anything to do with the um rabbitos radio boys yeah i have uh, they, yeah. their own podcast so like mavo um Darren, uh, chaps, we it just happened to be them and me in in this group, and um, yeah, it, it was unreal. We, we sat there the whole day. We went through all the basics, er- everything you could possibly think of. We came up with all these content ideas, and I and I, I, I remember the it was probably the best bit of advice I've ever been given. And he he's a genius, the guy that runs it. He's probably actually uh, mates with your old man. I reckon they would have grown up in in the same sort of area. But I remember he said to me, "Oh." you need to be super organized because you need to have a different guest on every single week because um, you didn't play first grade. So no one's going to want to listen to what you say. And I remember sort of going, okay, we'll see about that. We'll see. And that's crazy that now I, I haven't had a guest on in two years, you know, and that's, or I still remember him saying that and, and me thinking, yeah. Okay. And like, I was obviously sitting in a room of former first graders as well that were starting their own podcast and they all sort of went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's unreal to look back on that now and sort of realize that. And I, I would say to all content creators as well, just because you haven't played footy or rep footy or whatever the fuck it might be, if you're passionate about it, you can make it work. Yeah, totally. I agree. And um, obviously I haven't done any courses of my own and it was sort of interesting because you you said you could have resorted to, to YouTube and stuff like that. But for me, because since obviously the avenue of podcasting had already come out, it was sort of more so listening to other guys and listening to how they were sort of speaking and, and sort of going off that as well. Um, it, it's very interesting and, and, and obviously it, it's really helped grow the page as well. Do you think that the podcast would have helped out significantly with the page? Like where were you sitting with the page obviously when the podcast came out in 2020 and do you think that the podcast would have had influence on the page itself? 
Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think you did. I don't remember where the page was. As I said, dear mate, I sort of I don't focus on um followers or, or anything like that. So I've got no idea where I was back then. I, I've just I, I don't care about that stuff anymore. It, it doesn't even re- re- register on my radar. So I'm not exactly sure where the page was at at that exact point. Um, but I definitely think it helped, especially once, you know, especially more recently since um, I've been able to use um, Kempi Studio and stuff and video content has come off the back of it as well. That's been, that's just been a, a, an absolute game changer. I mean, that, that's probably another bit of advice I would give to any content creator, spend the money, go and buy a proper camera, a proper stand, and uh, be able to use video content because that's how people um, relate to you. That's people need to see a face talking to them. Um, nowadays, a voice it simply isn't um, enough. And I still remember when I when I did my first like face reveal on the page. I I, I didn't have a face for eighteen months, maybe two years. So I had about twenty thousand followers, and I still hadn't actually got on camera yet. So uh, as soon as I did that everything changed. It all just went bang and, you know, all, all uh, the engagement was just crazy. And for years, people say, oh, for two years, people were like, you have to show your face, show your face, it'll make a difference. And I just kept thinking, why would it, why would that matter? But as soon as I did, I was just like, you fucking idiot. What have, what on earth have you been doing for the last two years? You know, so that'd be another thing. And obviously you've done it from the very start, which I think is very, very smart. And I think every single page um, should be doing the exact same thing. Yeah, totally showing the face. And uh, and as you said, the relatability of it, it makes it much easier to sort of communicate with your audience. Um, but let's talk about that. The bloke in a bar, beers and break-evens. Obviously, bloke in a bar was first. Talk to me how that started. Obviously, you and your relationship with Denon. That's awesome. I, I pretty much tune in every single week to that because it is, it, it's so good. And I think you guys are sort of the only sort of page. I know there's a few that have followed on, but you guys were one of the first pages to actually do that and uh, to do a podcast on YouTube, um, obviously reviewing rounds and stuff like that. But how did that all start? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, you know, I've come in very late to the piece. Kempi's been doing this. People don't realize how long Kempi's been doing this. He's been doing it for like eight years, like podcasting for eight years, doing the YouTube. People don't realize that he, you know, he used to – carry around in the back of his car like pretty much like two walls that he'd create a set so he could drive to wherever the players were and he'd put these two one wall behind him one wall behind the person and he'd interview them there and then he would do all the camera work he'd do all the editing this is whilst he was working in like a fucking mine or something for 50 hours a week like i i sort of feel like that people don't appreciate how much work kempy's actually done to get to where he is and i've been very very lucky that we uh we managed to form a relationship probably about two and a half years ago. Um, I didn't know him from Bar of Soap. He, I can't even remember. We, we, we ended up on the phone one night. We'd never spoken before uh, and he was helping me out with something. I, I honestly, I can't even remember what it was, but we ended up sitting on the phone for two and a half hours that night until about 10.30, just talking about content and not even about footy, just about like my what I'm doing and how I can improve it. And um, Kempi was fucking unreal. And then, you know, we didn't really talk for a few months after that, just in in, in little bits and pieces here. Uh, and then the spot opened up on his uh, podcast, obviously. I'd, I'd come on, on it a few times here and there and sort of gone on um, YKTR, I think, at the back end of 2021 for the grand final week or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, when, when Kempi sort of reached out and said, oh, do, do, do you want to come up on and join? It was obviously just um opportunity of a lifetime you know to join what what is 
probably the biggest podcast in, in the country. I mean, on a Monday, it definitely is, whether it be sport, finance, whatever the hell you want to talk about. Bloke in a Bar is just massive. And the community that, that Kempy's got that I'm lucky enough to be involved in now is unbelievable, mate. I definitely wouldn't be where I am. I don't think I'd be doing all the all this full-time if it wasn't for Kempy and how he's um, backed me in. And, and once again, Kempy's a former player, you know, and, and that's the other thing, the fact that he, he respects me enough to back me in to come on his show when there are, you know, 10,000 former players out there that he could reach out to, it's meant the absolute world. And it's probably made me a little bit more legitimate to um, a lot of people out there as well, which has made a huge difference. Yeah, totally. It's massive and it's a massive platform as well. Um, it, it's so cool, as I said, to watch those every single week. Uh, but beers and break-evens as well, that's massive with, with the super coach content. Your relationship with Tim Williams, people don't really ask many questions about that, uh, but how did that start with you? And obviously Tim Williams came on uh, beers and break evens, and then he sort of made his appearances on the review podcast as well that you do with Kempy every week. But how did that relationship start? Yeah. I've known Timmy for a while. He's obviously been doing his own um, super coach playbook for a few years. And I, and I remember, I remember I, I came on his podcast or he came on mine probably two or three years ago and it was just via zoom. We'd never met before. Um, and I'll be honest with you, our, our chemistry wasn't that great. It, it, it was pretty bang average. Um, and I remember sort of, I, I remember even thinking after that podcast, oh, that was a bit of an awkward one or, or whatever. And then um, I, I reckon we didn't speak for 18 months, not because we were having beef or anything. We just had nothing to say to each other. We we're just doing our own things, both busy and whatnot. Um, and then just more and more, I started to notice his super coach content. And then he finished, I think he finished second a couple of years ago overall. So that sort of uh, bumped him up a little bit. And then, yeah, I, I just started to really appreciate the content that he was creating in his podcast and whatnot. Um, and I rang him at the start of last year and I said, let's go and get a beer. I want to talk to you about something. And I put forward the idea of um, beers and break evens that we do it at Kempy studio. Uh, I'd make all the content. I just wanted him to bring his um, super coach knowledge and whatnot. And, um, I, I just sort of said to him, like, it's great what you're what you're doing at the moment, but you need to add video content and no one else has got – like other people have got video content when it comes to um, Supercoach and Fantasy and all that, but no one – there's no one else that's really sitting in the same studio, like a full professional studio, like what we've got. Um, so it's it's a very special opportunity to have, and it was sort of a way to do something that no one else has done. And I, I do think the beers and break evens has um, really broken the mold as far as your super coach content and whatnot. And the fact that it's me and Timmy, it is a little bit more relatable to people. It's not someone that's paid by the Telegraph that's you know forced to push their agendas and whatever it might be. So I do sort of think that as far as like Supercoach content, I think we are sort of starting to change uh, Supercoach a little bit, which is really exciting. And some of the conversations we've had over the last few weeks with sponsors and everything coming up for next year, um, I'm really, really excited about uh, beers and break even. So I, I think it's going to be massive next year. Yeah, it is. It's it's amazing what you guys are doing with beers and break even. And you're right. Like I'm not a Supercoach fan myself. I'm more NRL fantasy. Um but yeah, like you guys are really changing the game with that super coach content because I've seen a lot of pages out there, especially over the past year or so. There's been a real number of pages that have really started to come into the game. Uh, but beers and break evens is sick because, yeah, as you said, a professional studio, it just makes all the difference. Now, obviously, you started releasing merch just recently. Um, you know, and that's massive for the page as well in terms of advertising. Um, when did that idea sort of arise and when did you know it was the right time to sort of push that out? 
Um, I did some about two years ago, mate, and it actually didn't go that well. I was actually really disappointed with how it went, to be honest with you. I was a bit surprised. So um, I waited about 18 months or so, did it properly, got a heap. Obviously, this is where I'm very lucky that I've got Kempi there who's done all this sort of stuff and he can give me all the advice in the world. And I was able to do it through the same uh, connections and everything that Kempi does, all the bloke stuff. So it was a really good introduction for me to actually um, understand how the merchandise game works and you know the actual process of it all because there's so much more to it than simply you know hitting a few buttons and then you know a t-shirt just lands at your door there's so much to it and i've learned so many things which has been unreal um probably still not selling as many as as, as what i would like uh and i definitely think I'll, I'll be able to lift that over the next few years uh but yeah it's unreal like to see like i actually ran into someone three weeks ago i was walking in the city and I ran into someone, it was the first time I've run into someone just wearing my merchandise. And that was just a crazy fucking moment to think that people are willing to spend their money on this sort of stuff. And then, you know, in, in the CBD, there's probably 4 million fucking people there. And I happened to run into the one person who has rugby league guru merchandise on and is wearing it at that specific moment when I ran into them, um, a crazy moment. Yeah, totally. I, and, and look, I've sort of been exploring that avenue and um, I've sort of like made mock ones. I, I love, I love, I don't know why, but I love just sitting on Vistaprint or sitting on those platforms and just making them and then seeing what they look like. I, don't, I just really get a kick out of it. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's cool to see your merch out there as well. And I know that'd be cool for you, as you, as you said before, like seeing other people in your merch um, and then the photo shoot as well. It would have been cool to have a little taste of that and see how it looked. Um, but yeah, like merchandise, it's a big thing now with podcasts as well. And, and it's a big thing that's coming out, obviously, with Denon uh, and his podcast with a bloke in a bar merch. And it's really cool how he's sort of starting to get out the, um, the Nations Cup ones, like the Aussie bloke and the English bloke and all that stuff. It's really cool. So uh, yeah, merchandise, a big, big thing in the podcasting game uh, as well. I've got one more question for you. Um, during this podcasting sort of uh, a journey. Have you ever considered going into the path of journalism, uh, sports journalism and stuff like that? Because um, I know that the podcasting game and stuff like that, we talked about it just before, um, how it's really started to become a massive, you know, content um, thing over the past few years. Uh, but was there ever an interest to go into sports journalism over the past few years where you just sat there and thought, fuck, I'm good at talking about rugby league. I'm going to talking about super coach content and stuff like that. Uh, I could go down this sports journalism route. Uh, honestly, mate, I think I am down that route. I think I'm down the future of that route. I don't. I don't. I, I personally think that, for example, someone could have gone to uni and done a sports journalism degree for four or five years. I don't think they would have got as much experience and achieved as much by getting that piece of paper as what I've done over the last few years. I've got mates that have got sports journalism degrees, and none of them are doing what they want to do. None of them. And if they would have spent the last eight years doing what I've done, they'd be sitting in their dream job. So, um, mate, I personally think that in a few years' time, we'll be asking sport journalism if, you know, sport journalist people, if they wish that they'd done the social media route, I think that the narrative will completely flip soon. And, you know, universities and stuff will push against that because so they should um because that's their business essentially but uh i i yeah we, we, I, I speak to people all the time and like we spoke about it before and I'll, I'll i'll probably talk to you more about it after this but people say i'm going to go into sports journalism i don't understand why someone would want to go and work for someone else writing stories for someone else 
when you've got the pathways to be able to do it yourself. Now it might take a couple of years to, you know, lay lay down all those platforms and everything. But at the end of the day, so will uni. So I I think people need to switch up the way they're thinking about sports journalism. If you if you're keen to get into it, I think you're better off doing it on your own platform. Yeah, I've totally. I, I agree, and I think that I've yeah. I, I guess I sort of wanted to go into sports journalism while I as. as soon as I started this podcast and I've sort of had it as an option as a career path while I'm doing it. Um, but I've really enjoyed this as well. And as you say, it is sort of the future and yeah, I can't wait to see the, the future of my page, the future of your page as well. Cause I know you've still got a lot of growing to go as well. Uh, but I've really appreciated you coming on. That's the end of the interview. I really appreciate you coming on and it was a great chat and good to know more about the rugby league guru. Cheers, Les. Appreciate it always, mate. Reach out if you need anything, yeah? Yeah.